Hi, everyone. Welcome to another Let's Meet for a Beer podcast. Today, I sat down with Don Test, owner of Craft Beer Importers. We talked about his decision to leave a career as a corporate lawyer to follow his passion in the beer industry. We also discuss how a good beer is kind of like a ballet and how Don was lucky enough to get on the Price is Right show. I hope you enjoy. I am here with Don Tess. Did I pronounce that right? You did. Thank you. (laughs) You are a beer writer and a beer entrepreneur is what you call yourself. Is that right? Yes. So how's the beer industry going? (laughs) (laughs) Once there's never been a better time to be in the beer industry and there's never been a worse time to be in the beer industry. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. eh? So you own Craft Beer Importers and you're also part owner of Far Out Exporters, correct? Yep. Before you got into the beer industry, you were a corporate lawyer for 20 years. Yep. I guess as a corporate lawyer, what did you specialize in? Broadly, I'll say I was a securities lawyer. Okay. I worked for a very large firm. And the thing with very large firms is you tend to get very, very specialized. So what I did specifically was I helped Canadian issuers issue US dollar denominated debt publicly in the United States under a system called the multi-jurisdictional disclosure system. Wow. So that's what I did. <laughs> that is very specific. And then, so then what happened? One day you just said, you know what? I'd rather just be in the beer industry. Yeah. So seven years ago, we founded Craft. Just a few things kind of came together and that opportunity presented itself. I was still practicing law at the time. As that business kind of grew and, you know, by then I was into in law for whatever that was at that time, 17 years or whatever. Right. And, uh, you know, I love, I loved practicing law for, for a long time. And then it just sort of, I wouldn't say I disliked it, but I didn't love it the way I used to. Yeah. And then of course, everybody knows what happened with the economy. And so I just thought, well, let's try and do this beer thing full time. You know, I can always go back to law. Fair enough. And uh, if I'm going to miss a couple of years, these last couple of years have not been bad ones to miss for companies trying to raise US dollar denominated debt <laughs> in the United States. There hasn't been a lot yeah. available. So so you own the two agencies, yeah. Craft Beer Importers and Far Out Exporters. What are the differences between the two companies? The different ownership, first of all. Okay. So exporting is something I always wanted to do uh, after starting importing. Uh, exporting is something I always wanted to do. My wife and I, we love to travel. We go to beer festivals. We meet like I have connections literally around the world, beer connect, good, very good beer connections literally around the world. But every time I started looking into exporting, it just became, it is incredibly daunting in terms of, of, you know, how, how, you know, you're going to get paid and uh, the logistics and all of that. And so about six months ago or so, I met some people whose background is in fact, international supply chain and logistics and risk management. So I know beer, I know people, they know how to get things done. So we're now helping Alberta breweries and more broadly Canadian breweries take their beer overseas. Nice. Because yeah, that's something that, yeah, we've been such an importer of beer and it's so cool to see you know, the beer getting exported because there's a, there's a ton of good beer being made here in Canada. There's a ton of good beer. And, and if you travel overseas, you will see imported beer. It's always American beer. Right. And why is that? Yeah. Mean, you know, we have the best malt here. We have 
you know, great water and, and all that and great brewers. So, so let's change that. And that's what, we, that's what we aim to do. So one of the things that you work on through craft, I believe it's through craft beer importers, you have some really unique projects. So the one that comes to mind is the beer advent calendar. And last time we were talking, you were saying you have, you have three of those. Is that right? Yes. So maybe just talk about, you know, what those are and, and, uh, because they're, they're kind of unique things. Yeah. So what we're trying to do is hit different market segments and different levels of beer knowledge with our three different calendars. First of all, the reason we like the calendars is what we, anybody can import beer and put it on the shelf and lots of people do that. And that's awesome. But what we like to do is do something kind of fun. We curate beer. Again, I know beer very, very well. And so I like to find different beers from around the world that are kind of going to push people's envelope a little bit on what they like and tr- make them try new styles. So um, we like this beer advent calendar because it, it it's just a fun product. Beer is a very social beverage and we have a website set up and, and social media set up for the calendar so everybody can share their thoughts on every beer every day. We like to think we've built a bit of a community around it. The reason we do three is just to hit different different price points and different market segments. So we have a premium calendar that's 24 different beers from around the world. All 24 of those beers have never been available in Canada before. That's a rule to be in the in that calendar. That's cool. And we've achieved a size now and a reputation now where we can actually go to some world-class breweries and say, actually, we have this calendar project. Would you actually be willing to brew a beer for our calendar? Not available anywhere else in the world. So it's super cool because, you know, if you're a fan of Evil Twin, for example, mm-hmm. and you always run out to get Evil Twin beers. We hear from people in America or Sweden and they're like, how come, how come we can't get this beer? Well, too bad because the Canadians got it all, right? Nice. And it's kind of cool. cool that we get to do that. We do another, what I'll call a sort of entry level craft beer advent calendar. It is still all craft beer, but it's only available at Costco. Okay. Um, and it's all Canadian beer in that case. And then the third calendar is our Alberta beer advent calendar. And as the name implies, it's 24 different Alberta beers. So uh, we try and hit all those market segments. That's amazing. I'm excited for the Alberta one. You were explaining it to me earlier and just the logistics of putting something like that together would just be insane. So I I can't wait to see what the finished product looks like and just uh, enjoy it. You have a passion for beer, obviously, but you also mentioned whiskey, sake, and wine. So what is it about, you know, I guess just just tasting these things and, and, and where did this passion come from to to really, you know, I mean, I, I enjoy beer, but more, I guess, as an enthusiast, but you're a little bit more analytical with, with the process. Is that right? Yeah, I guess it's just the nature of my personality that I overthink everything, <laughs> whether it's beer, whiskey, sake, wine, even food. I consider myself a bit of a foodie. And, you know, certainly I can drink a whiskey and just, and just enjoy it. But the way I tend to enjoy things is I like to think about it and pick it apart. And is it balanced? Does, does A counter B? And where is the B coming from? And, uh, you know, I've had, I don't know, thousands of different whiskeys. And, and every now and again, you have another whiskey that, wow, I've never tasted cucumber in whiskey before or yeah. whatever, right? Yeah. And, and so it amazes me how 
these beverages are thousands of years old and people are still doing new things that have never been done before. And with very few ingredients. Exactly. Yeah, it's like you're dealing with two or three ingredients. Like with whiskey, like what would the ingredient list be on a whiskey? Well, single malt would be malted barley yeah. And, yeah. and water and yeast. That's it. Insane. Yeah. You had a cool quote. You said, when done right, food and beverage is art. And I think of it the same way I think of ballet, paintings, sculpture, and music. So can you kind of just break that down and kind of explain that for me? So um, I actually used to write a column where I would pair a beer or a beer style with a painting or a painting movement. The way that art or music moves you, I think great beer can also move you. And so concepts in music and dance, like balance and composition and evolution, all exist in great beer as well. So with ballet, for example, you can have a pas de deux, which is just a male and female dancer together, okay. or you can have a, a, a part where it's the entire company. So you might have 20 dancers on the stage, right? Right. The way you manage two people dancing and the way you choreograph two people dancing is different than the way you choreograph 20 people dancing because the human attention can't focus on 20 different dancers doing different things. Right. You mostly have to have those 20 dancers doing the same thing. Maybe one or two of them can be doing something different. Right. So I think about those concepts in beer too, that, you know, if you're making a barrel aged Imperial stout, you have to make sure all of the different flavors work together are, and are kind of dancing in the same way. And you can add one or two things that grab my attention. So you can have a, cherry imperial stout where i can focus on the cherry like i might focus on the principal dancer in a ballet while the other dancers are just kind of serving as background and accompaniment and and they fill it out and they're interesting but they can't grab my attention because my attention cannot go human attention cannot go 20 different ways right so i think that the best brewers are people who are passionate about some other art as well and take that passion to their brewing. Yeah, that's I, that's a really good analogy. You've used the word balance a few times, but I want to use the word balance in a different context because I always think, you know, in the industry that we're in, it's very easy to, you know, really, you know, the opportunity to, to, to drink beer all the time and um, is it's always present. And, and so you really need to balance your life out. You mentioned that uh, you really like to work out. I guess people in the industry who, who are struggling with that kind of life balance, do you have any advice for them on, on what, you know, what, what do you do to kind of keep that balance in life? So that, you know, you're not just sitting there drinking beer all day. You're, you're, you know, you have a good workout routine, you live a healthy lifestyle and you've incorporated beer into that. I don't know that I'm probably the best person to give advice on that. It kind of comes naturally to me in the sense that I, working out is a, I enjoy it. It's right. not a, you know, people, I, I work out six days a week and people say, oh, that takes a lot of discipline. And for me, it doesn't. Yeah. I, I like to go work out. My wife is a nutritionist, so we tend to eat oh, relatively nice. healthy anyways. Yeah. So I'm not consciously eating healthy. I right. just eat healthy. Yeah. And health, you know, eating healthy is a relative concept too, right? I, yeah. I eat French fries too sometimes. Hey man, <laughs> I, I talked to Rob from Kraft 
And uh, I implemented, like, he does the 80-20 rule. He's just like, try to be good 80% of the time. And oh, okay. 20% <laughs> of the time, like, if you go off the rails, like, whatever. But, you know, you can't be perfect. And, yeah. You know, so. I, so I don't have a rule like that. I would say that I'm always trying to do the best I can. Yeah. So, you know, I try and eat at home, but we eat out a lot in our yeah. industry, right? We're meeting at breweries or whatever, and I'll look at the food menu and I'll just try to make the best choice I can. So right. there was somebody who once said, you know, the problem with, with the health industry is we keep telling people to diet and exercise. And people hate dieting and people hate exercising. Stop dieting and exercising. Start training and eating healthy. Right. Which I think are, are easier concepts and we can always... We can always eat healthier. Yeah. So just try and eat healthier. Well, diet almost implies that it's going to be done in two weeks. Right. And then you can go back to the way you were. It's just like, well, then you will literally go back exactly. to the way you were. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I just like that. At, at, at any point in time, make the best decision that you can. Yeah. Cool. Your favorite book, Tipping Point, or one of your favorite by Malcolm Gladwell. What What's that book about? It's about how trends tip. Okay. So how things kind of gain traction and then become uh, popular. Yeah. What's interesting about it is that it takes a lot of things, but what my primary takeaway from it is, is very, very small things can make a big difference on how people react to things and how people behave. And it's very often subconscious. Like we all like to think that we are intelligent human beings and make rational choices. <laughs> but uh, the science actually I says don't. otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you said that without a question, you're, the best song ever written is Pictures of You by The Cure. Yes. I'll have to download that and listen to it because <laughs> I didn't know The Cure was capable of making something that would be considered the best song ever. <laughs> Just trying to be a dick. One of the things I really admire about you, and I've actually never asked you this, I don't mean to put you on the spot, and I really don't want to get into politics, nor do you, but you know, for a couple of years, there was a little bit of, I don't know if animosity is the right word, but there, you know, some agencies uh, and some local breweries were kind of butting heads to some degree. Yeah. And I noticed really through it all, you know, here you are, you have an agency but you have so many close relationships with the local breweries. You know, you host their award ceremonies, like you do all these yeah. things. So how do you balance those two things? How do you play nice in both sandboxes, I guess? Well, these are my friends. Right. So it's pretty easy to play nicely with your friends. There's no doubt that the policy changes have affected my business. But you always have a choice, sort of like with the when we were talking about food. You always just make the best choice that's available uh, to you. And, and, you know, different people are running their own agencies and I'm not criticizing them for what they did. It was right for them or, or they felt it was right for them. Right. It was not right for me because, because I had so many friends in the Alberta beer industry. So what we did is, you know, we, we kind of bucked up and, and, and lived with those policy changes locally and then changed our model to work with our Alberta friends. So we started selling much more Alberta beer outside of Alberta. And then also, again, started this uh, export agency. And that's the way we reacted to the change. That's the choice we made. The reality is in the alcohol industry is there's regulatory changes all the time. Like literally every month, there's something changes, right? So... I think a good business person actually builds flexibility into their business. 
and uh, and and then therefore always has options to choose from, depending on what those regulatory changes are. And you know, uh, I'll go on the record and say I didn't like those regulatory changes. I wasn't happy about them. It was just better for us to do something else other than fight them. Right. And again, not criticizing anybody who chose to fight them. It's just not, it just wasn't the right decision for us. No, I, and I, I just, I, I thought that was really good how, and, and I agree with you hundred percent, everybody needs to do what's, what's right for them. But the way you were able to, yeah, just kind of maneuver through that, I thought was, was uh, really done really well. So you have a unique stat, which is, and I, I just want you to explain this. How many beers have you drank in your life? I want to, I, I want to try to make that not sound as like, <laughs> like you're just drinking beer all the time, but my database is actually a little bit out of date right now, but it's over 21,500 something. That's insane. And how do you keep track of that? I'm the guy who's sitting at the bar with a notepad all the time. Uh, and I will be at the beer festival. I will be at your beer festival with a notepad walking around. You know, people tease me for it, but it's who I am. It's yeah. what I do. And and it's fun. When, when I started taking notes on beer, it, I had a purpose. I was trying to learn about beer. Right. And then it got to a stage where I just can't stop. Like if I were to, if I were to stop taking notes on beer, I know five years from now, I would regret that I hadn't logged those, you know, five years worth of beers. Yeah. So, so there are times where it is a bit of a chore for me, but it's who I am. It's what yeah. I do. You know, does it give you an excuse to, I guess, to travel and just to like, you know, do you, do you think of when you're traveling, do you think of that? Like, oh, well, I'm there. I can try this. hundred <laughs> percent. Absolutely. I mean, we like to travel for non-beer reasons too, but if you're <laughs> going <boring>. yeah, <laughs> to, if you're going to go to London, yeah. you may as well go during the Great British Beer Festival. Right? Yeah, so it, yeah. it just gives us something to build our, our, our travel around. So I had asked you a question about um, your success and, and, you know, how much is it hard work versus how much of it is luck. You told me that you had a great story that involves the price is right to kind of answer that question. So now you got to explain the price is right story. (laughs) Okay. Well, so that the answer to your question is that I think that luck is involved in everybody's success, but I think that you, everybody has a role in, in positioning themselves to receive good luck. And my Price is Right story specifically is, is that I, I was on the Price is Right. I got called down and I actually made it into the showcases and I won my showcase on the Price is Right. This is two and a half years ago now. And, uh, you know, everybody's a fan of that show. Yeah. Like everybody's heard of it. Absolutely. And so when, when the news broke that I won my, it actually made the news, by the way. It yeah. was on, on the news for when I picked up my car. And of course, all my friends are like, oh my God, that's, that's amazing. You're so lucky. It's my dream to be on the, on the Price is Right. And, and then I would just ask, like, have you ever gotten tickets and gone down for a filming? No. So this is the answer to your question is that, yeah, I was lucky to get called I was lucky to make it into the showcases. I was lucky to win my showcase, but I went. Yeah. Like, uh, so, you know, all these people who say, oh, it's my dream. Well, you know, okay, not everybody can afford airfare to LA. Yeah. And I don't want to be condescending and say, and say like, you can just do it. But a lot of my friends, if they really want to be on the, <laughs> pra- they can go to LA, Yeah, they can get tickets to the show and they can be lucky too. Like yeah. I absolutely was lucky, but I put myself in a position where I could be lucky. Absolutely. And that's kind of my philosophy in, in life generally. You know, 
lots of things have happened in my beer business that were lucky. And it's because I put myself in a position to be lucky. And like you said, you create that flexibility where you can pivot if you need to yep. and you can sort of see opportunities. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Exactly. I actually, it's funny. It reminds me when I was young and I wanted to go traveling for a year. So I saved up enough money and my one buddy kept saying that he's like, Oh, you're so lucky. You're so lucky. And I'm like, well, I'm not really lucky. I, I, Worked for a year right. to save up. So, but I actually, I actually, now that I think of it, I put that on my backpack. I'll have to go look at it. So his quote to me back was, it's not lucky, yeah. but you're lucky. So it's kind of like, I get that it's not luck, but you're right. fortunate that you're able to do it kind of thing. Right, and, right. and I agree with you. And great analogy with the price rate story is you need to create that. And then from there you open yourself up and then, and then luck can kind of come in yep. after that. So when you look at, you know, the fact that you did a, you put your law career on hold, we'll say, maybe yep. you'll go back to it someday, which is, you know, takes a lot of guts to to do that. When you look back at, you know, your adventure in, in the craft beer industry and even your adventure as a lawyer, what are you most proud of? The beer advent calendar, yeah. easily. Every year that we've done it for, I think this would be our seventh year. I like going on the Facebook pages and, and seeing people's comments and, you know, they're not all positive. Right. And that's fine because that's kind of our point is we're trying to push people yeah. uh, a little I bit. I thought social media was only used for it, positive comments. Exactly. No? <laughs> <laughs> but when we can bring people together, that's the best thing. You know, I, I'm just going to tell you one story yeah, about the Barry Advent Keller. We got an email a couple of years ago from a guy who his wife had just passed away from cancer. And before she died, she bought a calendar for him and arranged with the store that they would deliver it to him when it, when it came out. So he spent the first 24 days of December going through the calendar, drinking a beer with his wife, who of course wasn't there. Wow. And uh, when we can touch people like that, that's the best thing. Yeah, I know. That's, that's really cool, man. Very cool. When you look at What's next? Do you have any projects on the on the horizon that people should be looking out for? Just the next beer advent calendar. Yeah. When does that come out? <laughs> Around October. Okay. October, November. Yeah. Is it just kind of luck of the draw? You got to stop at a liquor store and and hope that it's there kind of thing? That, that's right. Yeah. 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 Because I get people, I think people assume that, that I have like ins on things and I just so to be clear, I don't. Um, <laughs> but people be like, hey, um, where's that? you know, I need one of those advent calendars and I've literally went to liquor stores and, and bought one for people. Yeah. And they're like, Oh good. I knew you'd be able to find it. I'm like, I just I did what you could have done, which is you were so lucky I'm to so find lucky. one. Yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> yeah. I really want to thank you for being on because you do have a, a very unique perspective. Like I said, I, I think that the way that you're able to, you know, showcase beers from around the world, yet really have a deep appreciation for what people are doing locally gives you a very unique perspective. You know, I, I love the fact that I love showcasing the local beer industry, but the the beer community is is a global community. So Absolutely. It's, it's neat to, you know, really tie those two in together. And, and you've just done such a really good job of that. So um, yeah, Thank thanks you. for being part of the, the beer community. Yeah, I think everybody's better... For, you know, as a result. So, and thanks for coming in and doing my podcast. I appreciate no, it. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks, Everybody man. drink good beer. Absolutely.
Hi, everybody. My name is Mark Conjat. I'm the host of the Let's Meet for a Beer podcast. Each week, I have a conversation with community builders and entrepreneurs who have inspired me personally. For more information on this podcast, please visit letsmeetforabeer.com. And for information on other projects I'm working on, please visit albertabeerfestivals.com. Thanks again for your support. Remember to tune in next week for another Let's Meet for a Beer podcast. Oh,